Viva Malachi leading. Hello and welcome to the Ignite Youth Podcast, the youth edition of our regular podcast over here at Wayne Fleet BIC called Some Assembly Required. We are glad. I know you're going to do it. Yes. Oh, yes. it's okay. like Wes's goal to make me laugh on the podcast. Oh, it's great. So, Especially when you need to do it. Viva Malachi. <laughs> Mission accomplished yep. for you. Two points, Wes. Zero, oh, yeah. Julie. I'm, I'm winning this one. Yeah, but just stick around next episode and we'll see how feel that like, goes. I feel like we should release a blooper reel. Oh, my gosh. Of just our intros. Just because there's so much oh, laughter man. and so much like funny takes. Yeah. Good thing I have control over that. <laughs> no, you got to release all of them because that's fair. Like do the ones with Renee and Trevor, like where you go to start and just like. Ah. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. there aren't as many <laughs> with Renee and Trevor, to be honest. It's it's you. It's just you. Well, anyway. Youth pastor. <laughs> it's, it's in the job description. It is. You need <laughs> slight immaturity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Viva Malachi, what is our friend Malachi up to today? So, we're going to be talking about leading, actually. Cool. So, we're going through Malachi uh, 2, uh, verses 1 through 9. Uh, and for anyone who missed uh, last week, we're going to be talking about um, this little background. So, this is Malachi continuing his oracle. So, he just left off with, you know, this dialogue between God and the Israelites kind of about worship. How they're not mm -hmm. really doing worship well or they're not doing it right. Yeah. So, that's where we kind of jump in. So as Malachi uh, continues his oracle, he leans even more into God's displeasure with the priests of Israel. That they're meant to be, you know, the ones doing things. Um, and verse 3 provides a stark, stark visual of that as the prophet declares that, the, that God will take the dung from the offerings and spread it in their faces. Like, this is very, like, yeah. Like, God's, like, God's very displeased with the priests. Yeah. Like, you guys are meant to be the ones that are meant to be, like, you're the closest to me. Yeah. So it's really meant to be doing this. They're setting the tone and they're not mm -hmm. doing a good job. But this, it, it sounds like the thing a loving God that we talk about would do, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I mean, when my kids misbehave, no, I'm kidding. No, okay, so this could be taken <laughs> either as a direct insult and judgment, from, uh, and judgment from God because of the priest's actions. Another interesting take comes out of the fact that animal dung was regularly used to fertilize the ground and bring about life. The spreading dung in their faces where someone's teaching comes out of their mouth could have been metaphorical for needing growth mm. and change to happen. So you have to understand that Jewish people, they love their metaphors. Yes. They even Jesus speaks so many times about metaphors because oh, yeah. he knows that Jewish people can understand that a different way. Yeah. Metaphors were huge for them. Well, because so much about Jesus and God and the spiritual, you know, world is like just way beyond what so our brains can handle. So well. So they help like put it in context for us, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we're mm. we're talking about that. And another important thing to consider for this passage is most likely it was directed at the priests of the day. The God's desire um, is that all of us would serve in that role. Mm. That God shared this desire of Israel as a whole. In Exodus uh, 19.6, it says, You shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. It's the same idea that Peter picks up in his letter. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Everyone is called to know God and make mm -hmm. God known because we're all priests in God's eye. We're mm. all of importance in God's eye. Yeah. That means that we should pay attention to Malachi's words and take them seriously. Well, that's really interesting. Yeah. 
So this is Malachi 2, and we're going to read verses 1 to 9. And just again, just like anything that jumps out at you, anything you have. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it starts off, and now you priests, this warning is for you. If you do not listen, and if you do not resolve to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse on you, and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have already cursed them because you have not resolved to honor me. Because you, because of you, I will rebuke your descendants. I will smear on their faces the dung from your festival of sacrifice, and you will be carried off with that. And you will know that I have sent you this warning, so that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord Almighty. My covenant was with him, a covenant of life and peace, and I gave them to him. This called for reverence, and he revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and nothing false was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness and turned many from sin. For the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge, because he is a messenger of the Lord Almighty, and people seek instruction from his mouth. But you have turned from the way um, and and by your teaching have caused many to stumble. You have violated the covenant with Levi, says the Lord Almighty. So I have caused you to be despised and humiliated before all the people because you have not followed my ways, but have shown partially in matters of the law. So God's really going at the priest. The priest. Yeah. Like he's like, you guys just you messed up. Yeah. Like it's well, not okay. I think probably, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he was upset too because the priests were relaying information to other people and other people were acting on it. So it was almost like they were causing other people to stumble. Exactly. They were causing other people to stumble. Yeah. And that is, that's not okay. When you have a full nation relying on you and now they are all stumbling because of you. Yeah. God right to be a little (sighs) bit like guys. No. Yeah. And I like, I like the metaphorical use that we talked about earlier of the dung as fertilizer. That it was meant to improve. That yeah. they are meant to do things better. It's funny too because it's it's messy and stinky Ew, it's at very the messy. time. It's gross, but it grows life. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But yeah, but so God is saying how we need to grow life. Mm-hmm. That this leading needs to be a life-filled leading. That this leading breathes life into others. That's what is calling the priesthood to actually do. The priesthood of Levi, the priest. He's calling them to do is that no, you guys are meant to be helping show life. Yeah. The fact is that God is life. God provides life. He breathes life into us. So God's really calling the priesthood, the people, to to have this life again, to have yeah. this this pack. Because with life, there's passion and there's love. Yeah. So God is telling them, no, you are meant to have this passion, love for me, just as I have for you. Mm-hmm. So there's something really interesting. People really talk about like, especially in these passages, well, God's angry with them. Mm-hmm. God's passionate. Yeah, His passion's coming out for the Israelite people. He's like, "No, you guys are meant to do this. Like, this is what you guys are meant to do." Yeah, and I get as a human nature, a lot of time we would do is we mix up passion and anger. Mm-hmm. Yes, but in reality, I feel like this is really God's passion. He's like, "No, you are meant to do this, and I'm going to fix it." Yeah, and we the years later, they're still like, "Well, where's the Messiah? Where's the Messiah? Jesus comes." Yeah, and Jesus lives a life mm. of leading. He shows us how to live. He, yeah, he, he changes it. everything. Yeah. This is really what God is getting to. And the thing is, it would be easy to read this passage and simply say, we aren't the priests, so thank God that we don't have to worry about this. <laughs> but 
look at what Peter says. He, he says, says you all, are like yeah. living stones being built into a spiritual house mm-hmm. to be a holy priesthood. We're meant, we're all priests in a way. We're all, we're all people of God. We're all meant to show God's love and life that people can have. So a few, a few weeks ago, we did a series on Lazarus. Yes. Jesus' life. Mm-hmm. The third series, when we talked about it with our senior high, something really, like it was really cool. And it's, it, it sounds so much different from the podcast where you hear it in person. Yeah. Because mainly I didn't use my notes. <laughs> Julie's like, are you wow. kidding me? But Man, and you didn't invite me. No, I'm kidding. But what happened <laughs> was when I was speaking, I didn't really know where I was going with my speaking, but it just it just kept going. And it just it yeah. made sense. And I was like, wow, God, you're really speaking through. Yeah. Maybe this, uh, there's someone here that needs to hear this. We were talking about living in death and living in life. Yeah. Relating that to the story of Lazarus, Lazarus is dead and Jesus calls him out of the tomb. Mm-hmm. Calls life to him again that Lazarus come out. Yeah. Hearing those words, Lazarus rose and came out of the tomb that he'd had life again. But we can have that as well. When Jesus calls us, when 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 we can see Jesus, mm-hmm. we, we, we take that time to transition from that death into that life. Mm-hmm. The Israelite people, especially in Malachi, are living in this death. They're not living in the life of, of God. They're living in this thing called death where all their worries and their fears and everything are before their thoughts of God. Where yeah. when you're living in this thing of life, yes, you still have those fears, you have those worries, you have those anxieties. Of course, yeah. we're human beings, we're broken. But the thing is, God is life. And the fact is, when you live in the life, he walks with you in that. Yeah. And you can know confidently that he walks with you. When we live in the death, we don't see it. We don't feel it. We're so focused just on ourselves and our fears and our worries. But when you live in the life, you're focused on God. Yeah. And you know that he's got you through that. And you know that he can mm. do amazing and incredible things. Yeah. And knowing that he can overcome your worries and your fears and your anxiety and whatever you may be battling through. Know that he will help you overcome that. Yeah. That's living in the life. And that is living out that message of Jesus. And it's living out that idea of worship, mm-hmm. that idea of leading. Mm-hmm. And it's following God to the truest extent that we can. It's living in life, trusting in Jesus. Yeah. Now, obviously, the Israelites at this time, they would have been like, who the heck is Jesus? <laughs> they would have been like, who are you even thinking about? And he's like, hold the phone, he's coming. <laughs> and the thing is, it, it like, they still needed to put their trust in God to know that God is son of love because mm-hmm. they can see it through all of their stories of scripture. This is this is neat because it's like generations of expectation, right? Oh, like yeah. Generations of disappointment. And I can see now how if they're living under this, and they said, uh, someone is coming to save you. A king is coming to save you. It makes a lot more sense why when Jesus was born, some people were like. Seriously? What the heck? I thought yeah. I thought like a king was coming yeah, to military, like. Yeah, military. Ooh, like yeah. smite the bad like guys. Like Alexander the Great. Yeah, I thought, I thought we were like going to finally be free. And it, you know. But it was a different kind of freedom. Yeah. It was a spiritual freedom. Mm-hmm. And the thing is. That's probably what they needed more. Yeah, exactly. Because of their past actions having kind of given a half-hearted attempt well, in their worship. I Aha. think they need the spiritual freedom because truly that's what they that's what they just needed. That's what yeah. God knows that people in general need. Yeah. No matter what. Like, you have to think the Israelites' worldview was Israel. God's worldview is the universe. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that they needed someone to go and control lands. Yeah. They needed someone who could spiritually free them so that it could spread throughout. Yeah. That it could change the world. And let's like 
it's really interesting when I had a debate with someone once about was Jesus a real person or mm -hmm. did he actually do what he did? Historically, we have documents that prove that Jesus was a real person. Yeah, more than other More than other, other documents, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. What did you say? More than Hitler and more than... We have wasn't more... Wasn't that what you said? I think it was... Uh, not Hitler. It was... Um, Stalin or... You said it, it was, was someone, someone ancient. It yeah. was someone very ancient leader. Okay. But... It was... Um, debating, you know, did Jesus actually do what he did? Mm -hmm. And I heard someone say this once and I kind of quoted it. And it was... Um, Jesus' ministry was three years long. Mm -hmm. What what could you possibly do in a total of three years that would affect the world so much that it changed and became the majority religion of the world, that it spread to every corner of the earth, like just that the boy you did in three years in a small country of Israel. Yeah. Like, I think that kind of that put the person's perspective in, and it was kind of like, whoa, mm -hmm. like. When we think about what we can do in three years to affect the world, most of us, we can't even get to like like a, a singer or a pop star or a musician, that level. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, Jesus, of a small town of Beth, like, of, oh my gosh, I had a complete mind blank where Jesus <laughs> was born. Bethlehem? Yes. I almost said Bethany. Bethlehem. So... Jesus being born in Bethlehem, the small town, a small community, mm -hmm. comes out of that as the son of God, does all these miracles, amazing things, dies and rises again. And you have testimonies of people saying this. And then that's spreading to Egypt, to Greece, to more mm -hmm. of the Middle East, to around, and then into Europe, and then into Asia, and then into Africa. And then, like, it just, it, it spread. And it wasn't like, um, it wasn't, like, you know, things happen and it spreads like wildfire and it's just everywhere. And it's viral. Yeah. It wasn't something that was just viral. Like it was something that grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just over, oh, the next century, this will be really big. Yep. We're 2000 something years later. We still talk about Jesus because yeah. he's so important because God is so important. And we are meant to spread that word mm -hmm. around. We're meant to lead that life. Yeah. That's why it's so important. That's why Malachi is saying is so important. This dialogue between him, God, and the Israelites is that leading is so important. So as we finish this one up, this one got a little heavier, I feel. But yeah. <laughs> I think our response to this, a really amazing response that we can have to this, is that we can know just how much God is life is is love to us that he has a passion for us when you know someone has a passion for you that they want what's best for you mm -hmm. like they have a passion to see you do well they have a passion to see you in a relationship with them yeah that's God he has a passion for us and we really see that lived out in Malachi yeah. like his words jump off the page of passion for us mm -hmm. absolutely yeah awesome thank you Pastor Wes I'm looking forward to uh hearing more about Malachi next week. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with Pastor Wes, you can reach him at Wes at WayneFleetBIC.com and my email address is Julie at WayneFleetBIC.com. So thank you for tuning in. Have a great week and we look forward to connecting with you later. Bye. Bye.